Welcome to The Rancher's Voice, presented by the Montana Stocker Association. I'm Jay Bodner, MSGA's Executive Vice President. And I'm Rayleigh Honeycutt, Director of Natural Resources. Join us for conversations surrounding policy, the legislature, and issues that matter most to ranching families in Montana. Welcome to this week's episode. This week, we've uh, completed our legislature, and so we've moved on to a couple of new issues. So we're going to highlight a couple this week. We're going to talk a little bit about just MSGA's collaboration uh, and work with some of the other groups to advance what's going on with the Montana beef uh, accessibility and, and industry and what we can provide for producers. We're also going to talk a little bit about the, the big meeting that was held by a lot of the main ag organizations to discuss what's going on with the cattle markets. Um, and then we're also going to touch a little bit about the Biden's 30 by 30 initiative. We have a lot of members that are talking about that, so we'd like to just uh, provide some uh, comments on that. Also, we have a mid-year meeting coming up, so we're going to touch a little bit on the agenda for that. Make sure everybody's aware of that and they can come join us. And then we also do have an interview today with Austin Glazier, and he is the Montana Egg Safety Program uh, Director. So, Yes, and always, as we always remind you, make sure to subscribe to The Rancher's Voice, uh, follow us on social, and make sure to like, share, and comment on each episode. As we are kind of shifting away from the legislative session, if you have ideas or interviews that you'd like for us to do on the podcast, please email those to us at Kenny, K-E-N-I, at mtbeef.org, and we'll be make sure to uh, look over those suggestions or topics and try to incorporate them where we can. So we're going to kick off uh, our general update for you all with a quick update regarding kind of our last effort uh, surrounding the legislative session. Uh, Last Friday, MSGA issued a joint statement in conjunction with Montana Farm Bureau Federation applauding work um, of our egg organizations, stakeholders, lawmakers, and the Montana Department of Livestock uh, to create greater access for agricultural products and specifically Montana beef for consumers. So uh, just to recap uh, kind of the timeline of what happened last January, uh, legislators and uh, folks from M- uh, MSGA and Farm Bureau held a roundtable discussion at the Department of Livestock, uh, where we really started to dive into the issue of meat processing capacity and what we could do um, in the immediate future to have an effect on um the bottleneck that we were seeing as kind of we were going through COVID. From that meeting, uh, we kind of landed on two solutions that we brought forward during the legislative session. The first one was uh, found in House Bill 2, which was some additional funding for a CIS program or Cooperative Interstate Shipment Program. Uh, House Bill 2 was signed last week, and we are excited that that funding is included. That funding is matched by the federal government, so we will be receiving some federal dollars um, to implement that program. And from what we're hearing from the Department of Livestock, they've had some initial stakeholder meetings and conversations with the meat 
processors and they are ready to begin implementing that program. Uh, the second solution uh, that we brought forward would be uh, the Made in Montana program. That's an existing program under the Department of Commerce. And we really um, encouraged an increase in funding and in fact received the funding through House Bill 660 for $200,000. Uh, that money is going to go towards uh, additional marketing and consumer education. So um, hopefully you saw that in the news. Uh, we really feel like it is a great example of what uh, the power of collaboration and what multiple ag organizations, lawmakers, and an agency can do to really impact our producers and rancher ranching families um, with solutions um, in the very near future. So excited about that. We'd also like to thank Senator Ryan Osmondson and Representative Josh Kazmaier, um, as they were very instrumental in getting that funding secured in both the House and Senate side. Um, and we look forward to future collaboration and continuing the conversation as uh, this funding now begins to have a strategy developed around it and moving forward into implementation. So if you want to see that full joint statement, uh, you can visit uh, mtbeef.org and click on the news section and it will be right there on top. And I think that was just a great collaborative effort, like you mentioned, because when ag organizations get together, we work with legislators, uh, we're going to see some benefit to the Montana producer. And we really think that's going to be the result of all these efforts. So yes, we certainly do look forward to uh, that continuing and we'll, we'll stay abreast of that and keep you informed as, as we continue to work on that. I'd like to now move a little bit. Um, you've heard a little bit about this in the news. And for those that haven't, we wanted to really recap um, on May 10th, um, a number of the ag organizations did get together and they were really brought together by the Livestock Marketing Association, LMA. So those uh, they invited the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, NCBA, American Farm Bureau Federation, National Farmers Union, RCAF, and the U.S. Cattlemen. Uh, they brought them together in a room. They met down in Phoenix and they really got together to talk about specifically the cattle market um, and really are there some um, shared goals that they can maybe move forward to. So uh, this group really combined um, really just the members. Um, there was not really any staff that were invited to this. One of our members, Jim Fryer, who serves um, as the vice chair or as the chair of the, the Live Cattle Marketing Committee, um, he did attend that meeting. And Jim, for the, for everybody that knows Jim, very smart individual, knows cattle markets inside and out. So a great representative for us. Um, so he did attend that. Um, and we know for LMA, the Livestock Marketing Association, Joe Goggins, everybody knows uh, Joe. And so he was a great one also to represent their organization. Um, but they really did talk a lot about what we talk about in the country and what we hear a lot about on uh, members that call us. You know, packer concentration, certainly front and foremost, uh, price transparency and discovery, packer oversight, um, enforcement of the Packers and Stockyards Act. And then also just that level of captive supply by the Packers. And then lastly, which was really highlighted in COVID was just Packer capacity. What's that line speed and what's that shackle space uh, for a lot of these processing plants? Um, they had some pretty, um, I think forthright uh, discussions. They did actually come up with some agreed upon terms of some ideas that they thought, uh, all these groups thought, uh, these are three things that we can all work on together and we all think are important. 
The first one was the renewal of the livestock mandatory reporting, the LMR. Um, this um, is really subject to um, the same reporting requirements, uh, or and to add that uh, the, the same reporting requirements as negotiated cash, and then also the creation of the contract library. So they wanted to include this within this renewal. Uh, this uh, renewal, the LMR, it happens every five years. Last year, uh, it was up for renewal and we got a one-year extension. So I think there is a lot of interest in making sure that we do get this renewed. And uh, because it is subject, it, it does provide a lot of reporting information that's very critical to our industry. Uh, in addition to that, um, also looking at the DOJ investigation on the Packers. Uh, this has been going on for a while now, and I think uh, while we know that they can't really provide a lot of information on where they are in the investigation, uh, there is a lot of interest to make sure that uh, this is still a top priority. They still get this done. Uh, we know that you know uh, USDA oversight of Packers uh, certainly is an interest by the livestock industry, and so we want to make sure uh, pushing the DOJ to make sure they complete this investigation. And then lastly, it really was encouragement of development or investment in local or regional packers, um, because we know that, you know, these big packers certainly are efficient, but there is a lot of room and opportunity for some of these smaller local regional packers. And that's something I think certainly we would be interested in, in this part of the region. And so I think all in all, they um, came out with a pretty good group of recommendations and uh, were pretty uh, supportive of them getting together and really coming forward with something that I think everybody in the industry could get behind. Yeah, it definitely was an unprecedented meeting where that diverse of group kind of met together and came to a consensus on a couple issues. So really encouraging moving into the future. Another topic we know that's top of your mind is in regards to the 30 by 30 initiative. Um, now it has been rebranded as America the Beautiful Initiative or America the Beautiful Plan um, put out by the Biden administration. So in recent weeks, that initial document outlining what the administration plans to do um, was released. If you haven't had an opportunity to uh, take a look at that, we will have we do have that on our website. So you can go to mtbeef.org and go to the Montana Public Lands Council section, and we will have that a link posted for you. Uh, so really, if you're unfamiliar, which I don't think many of you are not too familiar with this because we've received a lot of phone calls and emails about this, but the initiative really is to conserve 30% um, of lands and waters by the year 2030. Um, this is an initiative the Biden administration rolled out in the first week of their um, administration. And so... Uh, Rolling up to our national organization, the Public Lands Council, um, really did work hard in those first 90 days to make sure that voluntary conservation, private property rights, and public land management were part of this plan. And we did uh, we did see some success in that. As you read the document, there is acknowledgement of private property and things like that. But the one key takeaway for this uh, plan is that they will be moving forward with the creation of an interagency working group. Um, 
a lot of details about that working group are yet to be um, shared. but we will. Um, we want to let you know that we are tracking that and working with our collaborative groups to make sure that we are on top of the opportunities when they arise on how we can engage with that interagency working group. Uh, lastly, we just want to... Uh, uh, also share an opportunity for you to kind of voice your concerns and opinions regarding this. Uh, the National Public Lands Council will be hosting a producer discussion um, around the western states to hear from you and your concerns. And we really encourage you to kind of attend and participate in in the Montana discussion as it will help us inform um, next steps and priorities uh, working on this 30 by 30 initiative. I I currently serve on the National Public Land Council working group for for 30 by 30, and so all of your input will be um, valued, and we definitely want Montana's opinions represented. So the Montana call for this uh, producer discussion um, will be with Wyoming, South Dakota, and North Dakota, and it's set for Friday, June 18th at 8 a.m. Again, you can go to mtbeef.org and the Public Lands Council section. There'll be a link for you to then register register for um, signing up to participate in the call. You must uh, register ahead of time. Each person will get a unique call-in number um, and login. So um, if you have any questions, reach out Reach out to our office and we can help you get registered if, if you're not familiar with that as well. So uh, just take this opportunity and then MSGA, we're working on additional um, resources and communications, um, kind of a summary paper for our membership as well that we'll be distributing in the coming weeks. Yeah, I think that's great. So make sure you put that on your calendar, June 18th, 8 8 a.m. And we can also send out another reminder just to make sure that uh, people can get that on their calendar and they can participate because it is a a great opportunity and one I think we want to take advantage of. So we do have our mid-year meeting coming up in uh, just a couple of weeks and we're going to be in the great town of Lewistown. We're looking forward to that. Uh, we do have our registration open, so if you just go to our mtbeef.org, uh, right there on the front page of our uh, website, you can hit register and you can register for the meeting. You can also uh, look at the agendas. We have it all kind of up there and for uh, for you to review. Um, just as a quick reminder, so our dates are June 9th through the 11th, and so we kick things off on Wednesday, June 9th. We do have our Montana Grass Conservation Meeting. We do have also the State Grazing District Annual Meeting. And then the Grazing Districts and the Public Lands Council have a joint board meeting that day also. As we move into uh, Thursday, June 10th, uh, we do have a great line of speakers for opening general session. Well, we have a board meeting that morning, but we're going to kick things off about 1 o'clock for our opening general session. Um, and uh, once again, that's going to be a, a fun opportunity to kind of hear from some of the industry leaders on some of the main topics that uh, we've been talking about, not only today, but in the past. Uh, we'll also have our Land Use and Environment Committee that afternoon, so please participate in that. That's where we set policy, and you can, if you have issues that deal with that particular committee, bring them forward and, uh, and have that discussion. And then that evening, we do kind of finish up with a nice dinner banquet and a street dance. So we're going to have a little bit of fun. So uh, we don't want to have all business. We do want to have a little bit of fun in there also. 
Um, Friday, we'll finish things off. In the morning, we do have our beef production and marketing committee. And then we also do have our tax finance and ag policy. And so we do have a couple of great speakers lined up for both of those committees. And then once again, also opportunity to set policy. Uh, we're going to finish out Friday with um, talking a little bit about 30 by 30. And we have Karen Bud Fallon. She's been on our um, podcast and um, certainly, I think, uh, well-renowned in our industry. Uh, she is certainly an expert and attorney and um, served in the Department of Interior. So uh, we're looking forward to her joining us on, on Friday afternoon. So once again, you can go to mtbeef.org, look at the agenda, registration, you get signed up uh, is $75. And uh, so once again, we'll also have a Zoom option for those that want to participate remotely. And uh, that registration is going to be $30 and uh, available to anybody that wants to participate that way also. And Jay mentioned it, but really this is um, where our grassroots work uh comes into play. And so if you have uh, thoughts on policy or issues that are affecting you, we really encourage you to attend, arrive, participate in the committee meetings. And and if you have questions or if we can be a resource leading up to that on how policy should be phrased or if you need us to do it a little bit of research for you, please feel free to reach out because we are um, really looking forward to kind of getting our hands dirty and working on some policy um, during mid-year. So with that, uh, we are going to head over to our interview for the week. Uh, we are interviewing Austin Grazer. He is with the Montana Egg Safety Program, a program that uh, Montana Stock Growers is a, a part of and something that we really encourage our members to consider in their operations. And so if you're not too familiar, uh, take a listen and Austin will give you all the details about what the program entails. Well, today I'd like to welcome Austin Grazier. He is the director for the Montana Egg Safety Program. So welcome, Austin. Uh, appreciate you joining us today to talk a little bit about the program. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, just for our listeners, we thought maybe we would start with just um, letting people, uh, you could tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe just a little bit about your background. Sure. So I grew up in, in Colorado, uh, west of the foothills in Golden, um, or west of Golden in the foothills, uh, a little town called Coal Creek Canyon. Um, I grew up on a, a boarding and training facility where we train um, all sorts of um, horses, really, but mostly focused on cowboy mounted shooting and, and rain cow horse. Um, so that's kind of where my interest in, in agriculture started. And then in 2015, I started school at MSU, uh, graduated in 2020, right at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, so that was kind of fun trying to find a, a job uh, right out of the, right during the pandemic and right out of college. Um, but ended up in this, in this role and uh, graduated with two degrees, one in agriculture business and one in uh, animal science. So uh, during, during uh, my time at MSU, I was able to work on quite a few ranches across the state um, and then my fiance's family has a, a ranch in Townsend so we get out there as much as we can to help there so a little brief synopsis of, of me. Well great and we're glad to have you on board. Thanks. And just so our listeners know um, where where are you located where is your office located? So I'm I'm housed in the the Farm Bureau Federation office in Bozeman um, have a little desk there in the corner so works out good. <laughs> Great. 
Excellent. Well, let's hop into it. So many of our listeners may not know much about the Montana Agricultural Safety Program. And so can you give us an explanation of what the program does and who it impacts? Sure. So the safety program um, is also known as the State Fund Ag Group. Um, essentially, it's, it's run as a member benefit through uh, the seven supporting agriculture organizations, uh, Montana Stock Growers being one of them. So essentially, if you're a member of the of the of stock growers or farm bureau or grain growers um, or one of the other seven, um, you you can join the program. You can enroll in the program, and this program allows you the opportunity to earn a partial premium return on your on your Montana State Fund Workers Comp policy. Um, so that's kind of the, our our main benefit is you know if you don't if you're not part of the program. Um, you're just going to be paying your, your normal policy premium every year. But as soon as you enroll in the program and you qualify for the program, then you can have an opportunity to get some money back into your pocket for having a, a safer operation or at least taking um, an interest and in, in working to cultivate a culture of safety on, on your farm or ranch. Great. And Austin, I think you talked a little bit about it, but um, I mean, just some of the advantages in addition to that, are there any other advantages to signing up with the program? I mean, certainly um, safety is the number one priority for uh, farms and ranches. And I think it is important, you know, the role you play in, in this program. Yeah. So, so in, in addition to that, that partial premium return that we talk about, uh, I'm available to help producers uh, develop a safety program that's that's specific or individualized for each operation because every ag operation across the state is 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 run so differently. Um, so I, I can sit down and, and develop a safety program that's specific to your operation. Um, in turn, you know that helps um, state fund adjust policy premiums. Um, you know if they if they see someone that's constantly working towards, you know, developing a safety program and fostering that safety program and, and really cultivating that culture on the workplace, then they can kind of reward each policy um, to help, you know, bring that, that overall premium down. So that's one of the other benefits of enrolling is, is really working um, to bring your, your overall premium down. Um, and then on top of that, you know, when you start working on a safety program, it, it just kind of, it builds upon itself where, you know, you start seeing fewer claims uh, on the workplace. Um, and then you see fewer lost days of work. You know, if we, if someone gets injured and, and they can't move for three days because their back is hurt, well, that's three days of, of lost work, which, you know, that's always with as much as there's always to do on a farm or ranch, three days is a, is a lot of time. So, you know, it, it kind of compounds on itself um, and, and there's a lot of just added benefit to, to working with, with a safety program and, and getting enrolled on top of just that, that big partial premium return that you can see as well. No, and I would agree. I think it is just that safety culture and, and, uh, ingraining that into the livestock industry, I think is very important. And really even on our own ranch, we've done those kind of uh, more individual type training, but anytime we, you know, enter into maybe a branding event or working cattle or, you know, equipment, you know, that is first and foremost, the talk that we seem to have. And, and uh, 
I think that's really important for us in NAG industry to, to conduct those kind of trainings because we don't want anybody to get hurt and we want to stay productive. So, Right. And, and you kind of brought up a good point there. Um, you know, a lot of the safety program, it works on, on getting ranches to kind of follow the, the Montana Safety Culture Act of 1993, which was, you know, developed by the legislature. And, and one of the, there's six requirements in that safety culture act, but one of them is just continual or um, continuous refresher trainings. And, you know, you, you kind of said that you have one before branding or before um, harvest or whatever. Uh, and that's, you know, that's, they have to, they only have to be like five minute or two minute, you know, little brief discussions that you have with everyone that's about to help. And that's just one little portion. So it's not like these, these safety programs take, you know, a whole day to, to complete. They're just, you know, constant reminders, um, you know, throughout the year, right before you kind of write a season's change or whatnot to, to uh, cultivate that, that culture and, and try and increase work, workplace safety on, on Montana's farms and ranches. So you, you mentioned enrolling, um, and as you know well, um, one more piece of paperwork for our folks to fill out is one more thing for them to do. So can you walk us a little bit through how easy the enrollment process is and what, what people need to do to kind of get enrolled into this program? Yeah, so essentially, if you're interested in enrolling, send me an email, um, and then I will fill out the enrollment form with your insured name, uh, your policy number, which I can look up, your effective date, um, and then all I and then I'll send that to you. I'll fill it out. All I would need is is a signature, and then uh, what organization you belong to. So if you're a member of stock growers, there's just a little check uh, box that you can check mark that says you're a member of stock growers, and then uh, send that form signed and back to me, and I'll send it off to state fund, um, and that's that's where it ends. And then you get enrolled. Uh, there are some qualifying things that I'm not really um, too knowledgeable about because that's on state funds and it's, you know, loss ratios and experience modification factors. But for every policy that I've submitted this year, I think I've only had two um, get turned away and I've submitted quite a few. So I think there's a good chance that if you have a state fund policy um, and you're interested that, that you'd be enrolled into the program. And then even if you can't get enrolled into the program, um, I'd be more than happy to kind of set up a program and, and still work with, with that farmer ranch so we can get you enrolled in the program in the following year. Because, um, you know, I don't want to, you know, I, I view my position as a, as a resource of ag safety. And if there's a ranch that's interested in safety and, and trying to keep, you know, all of our, our workers safe, then I, I want to work with with them and, and get them that uh, monetary incentive to, to keep doing it. So. And that's some customer service if you'll fill out the form for them. That's great. Um, we'll probably do this at the end, but right now, while it's top of mind, why don't you give folks your email address as well so they know um, how to email you? Sure. It's uh, austing at mtagrisafety.com. So pretty easy to find. And if you go to mtagrisafety.com, then you can find all the information on the con contact us page. 
Great. And um, certainly if anybody missed that, we'll have that printed. But if you have any other questions, get a hold of the MSGA office and we'll get you signed up to Austin and we'll send you send you his way. So um, one other thing, just a couple other things we'd like to just visit about. We just did complete the, the legislative session and there were a host of bills dealing with work comp and um, wondering if you um, can provide any of insight on just maybe a couple of them that um, came up at this legislative session. Sure. So the two that I think were, were pretty important um, as far as the safety program was concerned or as the state fund ag group uh, were the House Bills 512 and 513. Um, and essentially those were uh, bills that were introduced to, that would effectively eliminate um, the ability for state fund to have safety groups. Um, so a lot of industries, including the ag industry, have groups similar to, similar to ours that, um, that provide a monetary incentive and that provide trainings and resources for that specific industry. Um, and then, you know, gives that monetary incentive to, um, you know, to create that workplace safety. And so these two bills were kind of geared at getting rid of those and, and getting rid of that monetary incentive. So stock growers, farm bureau, grain growers, we're all there trying, you know, opposing this bill because we want to see this, this, these groups and these programs continue because it provides trainings and it provides resources and it keeps our industry a lot safer. So I think, so I think those are kind of the two main ones. Um, and then I'm looking at my notes here. Um, there, you know, I think a lot of them there, maybe 513 was more geared towards um, state funds ability to pay that, that partial premium return or those dividends. Um, and we, you know, if we see ranches out there that are, are really working towards safety, well, they deserve that, you know, they deserve that partial premium return. They de deserve those dividends because, you know, that, if, if they're paying out dividends, then that means we're being safer and it's costing state fund less money. So that should go back into the, you know, to the farmers and ranchers that are paying for that. So those are the two bills that I think were really important and that, that we all work together to, to kill, which I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah, that's a good, that was a good recap. And yeah, two bills that uh, had strong opposition from a variety of stakeholders. Um, across the industry and so not only in ag but many other businesses so it was important that those bills failed and uh, were tabled so yeah that was a great recap thanks so kind of to round it out we're excited austin to have you joining us in june um june 10th and 11th at our um summer mid-year conference and you will be there so um, if we do have members interested or learn, interested in learning a little bit more about how to sign up, what your program does, you will be there. And um, just tell us a little bit about what you, uh, where you'll be and how they can connect to you while you're at mid-year. Sure. So I think I'm just getting a table, which is great because I can just sit there and catch people as they're going in and out of meetings. Um, but I think a table near the registration table and I'll have some information and and enrollment forms and I'll just kind of be there during the whole meeting so people can show up ask questions and get my information and I can get theirs and hopefully come back to the office and get more people signed up and get some safety programs sent out and any you know any 
workers comp questions or um, if you're, you know, if you're curious about, um, you know, submitting claims to state fund or what's the best practice for submitting claims or um, how do you develop a safety program, all that I can answer those questions. And if I don't, I'll reach out to state fund and I'll get the right answer for you. Great, and it'll be all, also that opportunity maybe to set up some individual meetings with um, any farmers or ranchers that attend and if yep. they have further questions or maybe set up some trainings, it, um, would you be willing to do those also? Absolutely, yeah. If, if anybody wants me to come out to their operation and, and host a safety meeting or facilitate a safety meeting, I'd be happy to do it. I'm always looking for an excuse to get out from behind the desk, so... I would be more than happy and more than thrilled to drive however far I need to, so. Well, great. Well, Austin, I'd like to once again, just thank you for talking a little bit about the program because it, it is a very important topic. And I think one that should be at the front of our mind when we're engaging in our normal day-to-day -day activities on the ranch. We want to keep people safe. We want to keep people healthy. And uh, I think this program provides a lot of benefit, not only for them and for their workers, but making sure that, um, you know, we do a good job out there and, and, and we keep people safe. So um, we'd like to thank you once again for joining us. And um, we look forward to you joining us at mid-year and hopefully we'll get a lot of good interaction when you come join us at uh, Lewistown. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'll see you guys soon. Well, I'd like to thank Austin. Um, I think he did a nice job of kind of providing some background on the on the program for the Montana Egg Safety Program. And once again, if anybody's interested in that, he will be joining us at mid-year. So stop by his booth and have a visit with him. Yes, and we'd again like to thank you for listening. Uh, make sure to subscribe to The Rancher's Voice. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And like, share, and comment on each episode. Again, thoughts, comments, or suggestions, we'd love to hear them at Kenny, K-E-N-I, at mtbeef.org. And we'd like to thank you again for listening. Thanks, everybody.